The following is an Elite Exteriors podcast. Sorry for the brief hiatus, guys. This is Jordan, as always, your host of Sling and Roost 101. I uh, took a little mini vacation up there to Nashville this past week, so uh, we're, we're back in action, though, um, and we're going to be recording these podcasts on a weekly basis. Uh, we'll be pumping up that content for you guys. Uh, but hey, you know, follow along, get the information, and you soon, too, could be going on vacations whenever you want. Anyway, I, I am joined today by our sales manager, Carl, and uh, back with us again, uh, once again, is Carlton, uh, one of the owners of Elite Exteriors. Today, we are going to talk adjustment meetings, do's and don'ts. We're going to talk about why it's important you should be there as a contractor, representing your homeowner. You know, we're going to cover some different things, but, uh, but to start us off, Carlton, tell me a little bit about the difference between a staff adjuster and a third-party adjuster. Yeah, great, great. Can I, can I even call it a third-party adjuster? I have, that's what they are. They're a third party. Uh, you know, they yeah. like to say independent adjusters, CAD adjusters. Uh, you know, even those are two terms that are thrown around loosely. But if you're if you're more specific, CAD adjusters are that they're adjusters that are brought on to work uh, a CAT only a catastrophe storm. Okay. Um, independent adjusters they they can work what's called day claims or day work. Uh, independent adjusters are actually. Uh, they're just when the, when the volume gets too high for a staff adjuster, uh, they get they they will get thrown the assignments to work the the claims and those are day claims. So you'll see an independent adjuster for a roof claim. Uh, you'll see independent adjusters even for some interior wa- uh, water loss claims. Uh, I know with COVID uh, last year they were really adamant about having independent adjusters uh, as opposed to the staff people. Uh, but mm-hmm. that's yeah the difference is independents do not work, they're, they're not paid salary by the insurance carrier. The insurance carriers will farm out, a, they will farm out claims to independent parties or third party companies like mm-hmm. uh, you have uh, Custard Insurance, uh, Crawford and Companies, a, a third party, uh, Worley's a big one. Uh, these are all, these are all uh, companies that whenever there's a catastrophe or the regular claim load gets too high for, for the actual carriers, uh, they will take their excess assignments, give them to independent adjusters to go out and assess gotcha. the loss. Now, when but when talking to a homeowner about it, you know, what's what's some valuable information that they should know about these independents? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind for me is that they're not going to be able to talk policy with you, and they can't approve anything for you. Right, exactly. Some can, some can't. Um, and you know, which is kind of you know, the insurance companies use that to their advantage, um, in, in the sense that, uh, you know, it's there's there's no. There's no guideline, right? There's there's internal guidelines and there are internal policies in between, let's say, uh, MetLife and uh, Worley. So MetLife can say, all right, we're gonna we're gonna hire Worley uh, to work to help work this cat in the case in the in the workload. Uh, here's here is our internal guidelines on how we write our estimates. This is how we want you know this is what we look for. We want you know ten damage shingles or fifteen or you know, it, this can be repairable, this can't. They have their guidelines, and these independent adjusters have specific guidelines, specific ways they're supposed to write their estimates. Um, okay. And then the same, the same independent adjuster that works for Worley can say, all right, here's State Farm's guidelines. You know, here's, 
Here's uh, USAA's guidelines. All of these, all of these guidelines, and independent adjusters are not allowed uh, to talk policy. They'll say, "Look, I'm just here to mm-hmm. document the damages." Uh, but in, any policy questions, you know, take in, take up with the inside adjuster. Inside gotcha. adjusters are, they can inside adjusters can also be uh, independent and cat workers. Uh, but normally, when you have an ins- when they say talk to the desk or talk to the inside, those are normally right. staff people who who can talk policy with well, the, with the. I think that's that's a good point you bring up though, and I think that you know as a, as a contractor on site during these adjusters meetings, you know you should be taking advantage of, of asking questions. You know, some of them you know they might not be too talkative, but others are talkative, and they'll tell you things about like what these carriers are looking for, like you mentioned, you know, a certain number of hits in a ten by ten square, and hey, if you learn that from one, you know, for the next time you have a claim that your you know or inspection for a you know a state farm uh insurance uh uh, holder policy holder you know you know okay i need to have this this number of hits in this roof you know make sure i have this so i don't not wasting this homeowner's time either uh carl i mean let's let's talk a little let's jump over and talk a little bit more about you know why elite exteriors you know and i'm sure that you know there's tons of companies out there that do it uh but why do we focus on making sure that we're there for those adjustment meetings so we want to make sure um we, we all the damage is documented we had a case i like to use you know cases i went through um just to bring up you know scenarios that you might come into we had one where um had a new guy on a roof the it was a i guess you call him third party it was you know he was just a glorified photographer not an adjuster but got up on the roof wasn't noticing anything um our new guy got up circling made sure all the photos or documented newer gutters didn't really have any collateral but obviously there was a little bit of collateral on the roof I got up on the roof once I started noticing you know it was gonna be more of a difficult sell showing mm-hmm. how everything was going um, I noticed a bunch of hell spatter on the front of the house third-party guy never saw it never looked at it right you know i called him back on the roof made sure he saw it he documented it it tells a story you want to make sure you tell that story some guys want to get there want to get off the roof hurry up get gone Mm -hmm. so we want to be there to make sure everything is documented whether it's siding damage gutter you know the roof um, windows anything that has damaged window screens we want to make sure everything is there also you're representing your company you're building that trust with the homeowner you want to make sure you build that trust mm-hmm. yeah i think i think it takes it a step further and that homeowner knows that they're being that homeowner knows they're being taken care of when their contractors like Do you, make sure you tell me when that appointment is you know we're going to be there the way i explain it to people is uh like you said we want to ensure that they're documenting all the damages now you get you get some adjusters that are, are worried about the number of appointments they can fit in one day and you know they're gonna they're not going to take their time and do a, a thorough job and then you got some out there that you know they, they generally care about the situation and the homeowner and you know the the policy holder so they will do a thorough job and they're gonna you know document all that and submit it uh correctly and uh, you know for full roof replacement or whatever may the case may be but but being there and showing that homeowner that you're willing to to take that extra step you know they may have filed a claim before and a contractor didn't do that now which one do you think they're going to refer to the next person that they know that needs a roof you know yep the one that does take that extra step um now you know do's and don'ts uh for these adjustment meetings um yeah i think it's most important that be cool you know i don't think that there's an there's a need to to come off as aggressive or uh intolerant for what they're doing or how they're doing it 
you know, I think that it's important that, you you know, as soon as they get out of the truck, you get out and introduce yourself. Hey, how's it going, Mr. Adjuster? You know, my name's such and such with Elite Exteriors or whatever your company may be. And, and start off that way, you know. And I, I even go as far as to tell them, like, hey, you know, I'm not here to get in your way or anything like that. I just like to be here for the homeowner to, you know, relay all the information to them. And then uh, if there's anything that you need from me, let me know. You know, I can get up there. I can sit on a Ridge Pro. I can, you know, help you be safe or hold a ladder or whatever it may be, you know. Absolutely, and I, I take the same approach. My my approach is, you know, I'm I'm gonna be as nice as can be. You know, I've had plenty of people I disagree with, and at the same time, I haven't had much luck in, you know, getting an attitude or getting ticked off and mm-hmm. creating that name. Hey, you know, Carl, he's he's just a jerk if you don't agree with him. So well, that's one. That's a you know good thing you brought up that because they're they're. But these adjusters, you know, they, they, I'm sure they have groups on Facebook that they're a part of. You know, I'm sure that there's gossip that goes around. And, you know, if you get a bad reputation for, you know, excuse my French, for being an asshole at adjusters meetings, you know, they're going to talk about that. And they're going to, what, what is it, uh, they got like, what's called like a red list or something like that? Yeah, there's some insurance companies that, you know, that's why they'll ask who, who you're, you know, what, what company you're with. Uh, but they, they, there is, there are some companies that will keep documents uh, and, and basically build a case against you and your company if they feel like you're vandalizing roofs. Uh, if and then mm-hmm. they'll they will they'll send. I've, it's not unheard of for them to send SIU out to every claim you file, um, just just to let you you know basically see if you're committing you know insurance fraud. Essentially, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean that take that takes it a step beyond you know just the you know being nice part. But yes, I mean if you're right. if you're doing shady things like that, then. Yeah, they're going to talk and they're going to uh, submit your name to this list or whatever it may be. And yeah, that, that, that kind of th- those kind of things can happen as well. So, you know, building that rapport with that adjuster is, is going to help your case uh, uh, regardless of, uh, of the situation. Yeah, just be an honest person. Don't file claims that don't need to be filed. Yep. You know, if it's there, it's there. If it's not, it's not. You know, with that being said, you know, it, it's a deeper... That, that, the answer to that question is a little bit deeper than you know, mm-hmm. you know, because it's it's. We both, whether we're we're you know, I you don't want to look at the insurance company as an adversary. You know, you're, they're still they're still have the same objective as you, which is to help that homeowner. Um, but with that being said, you have to understand that if a ladder assist comes out there, no adjuster, this guy's getting paid per job, right? So, if he's he's wanting to make as much money as possible. He's gonna to want to see five, six, seven houses that day, so he's not going to be as thorough as we would have liked him to have been, right? And that's because we we don't want to do a disservice to the homeowner, where the guy just jumps up there real quick, takes a bunch of pictures, says, "Oh, there's no fractured matting," when we know there's plenty of there there's plenty of collateral, but we also know that fractured matting is not that's not the sole basis for a denial for hail damage. So, you know, it's, it's, it still goes back to, you want the homeowner to know who, you know, that's why when they say, Hey, the adjuster's coming out here at this time. And they say, well, did they, did they say who was coming out here? Did they say it was going to be a ladder assist? Did they say it was going to be a third party? Did they say it was going to be an inch, you know, an independent adjuster, a cat adjuster, right? So that way, once you can ask the homeowner when, before you, before you file that claim or after you file that claim, uh, before you leave during your, after they, before you leave that house, if you file the claim with them after you did your initial inspection, you can always ask them. Say, hey, when they call you, you know, either say, hey, I want a licensed adjuster out here as well, 
or did they, you know, or ask them who are they sending out here? And and most of the time they'll say we're sending out ladder now or, you know, um, uh, Hancock, right? And then you can say okay, that the adjuster or the homeowner will call and say hey, Hancock's going to be out here on this day this time. And then then you can have that conversation with that homeowner and say look, you know, this guy is a glorified photographer. Not not taking away anything from what those guys do, but you know they're they're, they're not licensed. They're not regulated. You know, the, the training they have is, is, is minimal. You know, they get on a lot of roofs. They see a lot of stuff. Um, you know, a lot of these guys do have the experience, but, you know, let, let's, let's... So they're typically Hague certified, right? I mean, they're supposed to be. And how, what's, the, well, what's the process? I, I don't actually know to, to get a Hague certification. Carl, you want to answer that question? So now you can do an online course. Um, well, how long is that? It took me, well, I did it. You could do it probably within a week. It's it's not okay, that long. So it's it's literally reading, watching videos, um, reading a booklet, which you can read. You don't have to. The videos pretty much explain everything, and then taking a test with pictures and some of the content they went over um, in the in the course. But is it anything? To <laughs> to be like proud of, I mean, <laughs> it's not it's not the easiest I, I course that, I've ever taken. Uh, but I mean, it's is it something to where you actually get out there and actually learn everything and and see exactly what they're all talking about? No, it's it's a video course. That's right, all it is. Right. Okay. So I mean, I think the the main point I was really just trying to put out there is that, like you said, these these guys are glorified photographers. You know, I actually had a situation where I was the homeowner involved with the with the claim, and I. They sent Hancock out there. I was, I was like, "Well, you're, you're not inspecting my roof today." And he's like, well, "Why not? I'm not. I'm not going to be, uh, you know, talking policy with you." I said, "Exactly. You know, you're a photographer. You know." <laughs> and they are. And I mean, some of them have to be Hague certified. I know Ladder Now, which is now Seek Now, they are now requiring all their guys to travel out of state. Not if they work in state, but if they go out of state to be able to travel, they do have to be Hague certified. Now, um, we were talking about, you know, if they get up there and they're, you know, they're not, they're saying there's no fractured matting or whatever the case may be, but they're not marking any damages. Uh, you know, obviously if we're filing a claim and we know that there are damages up there, uh, otherwise we wouldn't waste the homeowner's time. What, what, what are you gonna do in that scenario? Yeah, you know, it's, it's really a, a case by case basis. You know, you can't really, paint it with a broad brush because a lot of these guys are there some of them are cool some of them you know are mm -hmm. you know i i don't i don't know what their mo is i don't i don't know you know but as far as them not what they'll what i've in, encountered is they'll say well circle whatever you want you know i'll submit it to the adjuster right because they at the end of the day they don't make any decision they right. they they don't make any decision because again it's it's up to the adjuster to afford or deny coverage that is what you have to be licensed to do, mm -hmm. right? So these insurance carriers almost hide behind uh, these, these uh, ladder assists because if, if they're not circling anything, uh, you know, then, then they can say, oh, well, he didn't find any damage. We're not gonna afford any coverage, right? So that's, that, you know, it's, it's why it's such a, a gray area. You know, I, they, they, they're not licensed. If they're not circling anything, you can, we can still circle whatever we want. Um, we just have to wait for that adjuster to come back and say yes or no, or I looked at your pictures, yes, that is hail, uh, no, that's not, you know, and then what, what we can do is then that's when we can ask, you know, tell the homeowner, hey, file for a reinspect, 
uh, and, and ask for a licensed adjuster, you know, to come out here or, or somebody that has the qualifications and the certifications that can, that can tell. You know, sometimes they'll send engineers out here. I know we ran into an issue in Athens where uh, ladder assist said that there was no damage. Um, we ended up s sending our photo report in and then they sent an engineer out there, right? And then the engineer came back and said, yeah, that is hail, right? And then the adjuster paid for half the roof, right? As opposed to the whole roof. But I mean, that's still significant difference to where it's there's there's none from a ladder assist opinion that said that there was that it was you know blistering and it wasn't hail and then you have mm -hmm. an, an engineer go out there and says oh yeah this is actually hail you know so you know you don't you you owe you owe the customer that service you know and at the end of the day you got it's all about educating your homeowner you know because you you tell them all this stuff on the front end and they're already you know they're they're already educated with the process and know know what kind of person they're allowing to get on their roof and and give them an, an inspection okay and you know i'm glad you go out brought up the engineer part uh you mentioned that that insurance provider sent out their own engineer yes gotcha so you know i had a similar situation happen up in uh south of nashville had a liberty mutual customer that came out you know did their uh justin justin did sit out like seek now or something like that and you know they denied it they said there's no damage uh, clearly there was, you know, and, and he sent our, our photo report and then they sent out a guy or a girl from Donan, an engineer from Donan. And um, I was there for this meeting. Uh, I felt like everything went well. You know, she's she's taking photos of uh, all the uh, damages on the roof and the downspouts, the, the uh, metal cornices and, you know, just everything. And she even went down the street and took uh, photos of spatter on a on a electrical unit, you know, two houses down, like showing showing hail has hit this. And mind you, every roof around this house has been bought, you know, and replaced by us. By the way, you know, pat on the back. But uh, a <laughs> um, report comes back saying that uh, we literally said that hail hit the home, but it didn't damage anything. Uh, th and then the you know the, there was no exclusion in the policy or to my knowledge anyway of the uh, collateral and everything like that. But you know what 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 do you do in that situation where um, you know an engineer is now deny that that hail's damaged the roof? Well, you know, a couple couple different things. Uh, you know, you can ask the homeowner if the homeowner says, "Hey, we're the, you know the insurance company came back to me. They said they're sending an engineer out." Well, the homeowner can say, "Okay, what engineering firm are you using?" They say, "Oh, Donut." Say, "Okay, who's the engineer?" And they can say, uh, you know, I, I don't know, Carl Schaefer. Be like, all right, well, I want a copy of Carl Schaefer's CV, right, which is his curriculum vitae, right? It's basically his qualification sheet that states, you know, what experience he has as as an engineer. So there, there is an engineer that used to be an engineer for the carrier, um, actually had an engineering degree in textile manufacture. You right. know, like he, he, he could tell you everything about, you know, textiles. Right. But the insurance company was like, oh, you, you, you know, yes. you have PE. So, so the important note to take from there is that these engineers aren't necessarily uh, roofing-related or construction-related right. engineers. They could be anybody with just an engineering degree. Correct. So then you can say, okay, I don't want, like, look, I, I'm fine with sending an engineer out, but I want to pick my engineer mm -hmm. i i want you know or i want i want an engineer that's uh, send me another engineer if you can't find one if you say this is the only one then i am going to hire my own right you want somebody that's impartial right i mean that's that's right. fair right so you know you can hire your own engineer and i i've had a claim where 
the insurance company sent out an engineer, um, sent out an engineer, said there was no hail, right? We, we hired our own engineer, said the exact opposite thing, that it was blasted with hail, right? Insurance company didn't want to pay anything. This went to, you know, litigation and yeah, what do you think happened? They ended up paying for the roof. Right. right? And I mean, all those attorney fees. Right. And and yeah, exactly. Right. So, well, it's important then that, you know, if you're listening, that you, you pay attention to this part. You want to be able to catch this beforehand. So constant communication with your homeowner is necessary. You want to know the step-by-step process of what's going on. Make sure that they keep you in the loop. Not only is it going to help you defend that homeowner or help that homeowner get that full roof replacement, but I mean you're staying in uh, you know constant communication with them and, and you're holding their hand along the way. That's one of the things I advertise too to the homeowners. You know they're like, oh god, it's going to be a hassle. No, it's not. I'm going to take care of everything for you. Yeah. You know, but if you can nip that in the butt in the beginning, like you said, asking for that curriculum, uh, yeah, CVT, the yeah. CV, uh, knowing that the type of a uh, engine that's coming out, if it gets to that point, you know, and make sure that we're handling things on the front end, don't have to worry about it as much on the back end. Right. And and if I can, you know, one thing that I, if I can add is if you're looking into large loss, right? So not not residential, mostly commercial. Um, you know, if you're looking at hundred thousand dollar plus residential, you know, hundred thousand, you know, large commercials, commercial uh, buildings, and you know that it's it's gonna be on the fence, right? You know, there's damage there, but you don't know if you know because you may have had some experience with that insurance company in the past, and you kind of know uh, you've dealt with some of the adjusters, and you kind of know that they're really not, um, you know, they they. They're supposed to err on the side of the insured, right? Because it's an it's a contract of ambiguity, right? So, the 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 homeowner or the client or the the policyholder had no input in that policy. Um, you have a duty and an obligation to prove your loss, right? That is an obligation in the in the insurance policy. You can do that for the insurance company, right? So, if you you get an inspection from us and we come out there and we say, yeah, there's hail, right? There is hail. Uh, you got you know, massive TPO roof. There's tons of collateral to every AC unit up here. Um, none of this TPO is fractured, uh, but we do know that the ISO board is fractured and you know, that's, that has compromised the system. Um, you can, to help substantiate your claim and, and prove your, prove your loss, uh, you can go ahead and hire your own engineer, go ahead and, and write your own, um, notice of loss, right, which is a, another condition in the policy is that all of these insurance carriers have their insured fill out a notice of loss, which is just an official. This is the amount that I sustained. This is the storm. This is, you know, this is the covered peril. You, you fill all of that stuff out. Uh, and then you can go ahead and uh, the state of Georgia has, you know, you can, you can file a 60 day demand for payment letter. So you can go ahead and draft your own 60 day demand for payment letter. So you've already done all of the insurance companies jobs for them. You've already done all of the carriers front end work. You already know what they're going to do. So you do it all for them. Before you go any further, I'm sure people are wondering, you know, what, what's the, if you can give me an average or a range of cost of an engineer for a large loss? Yeah. So I I would say anywhere between, yeah, 3000 to 15,000, you know, I mean, high end, at least that's my limited experience. I, I really, I don't use a lot of engineers, but every time you call them out to do an inspection or every time they write, you know, they draft something, you know, they're like an attorney, Mm -hmm. at least the ones that I use are, you know, they, they, they charge it for 
everything they do. So if he comes out, writes report, if it, if it ends up going to court, you know, he's having to be an expert witness, right? It just, it can keep going up from there. And now is this a, a cost that uh, you would typically share with uh, the policyholder or something that you would be willing to incur yourself? I mean, I guess that that really that really comes down to whatever relationship that you're able to establish with with that client. Um, you know, obviously, if the client wants the roof or their loss covered, you know, we can put them in touch with the right people. But, you know, we we can either bear those costs or the client can bear those costs. Um, the it, it, it the only provision that I've seen that limits that when it comes to any um, any legality as far as payments is when it comes to an appraiser. Right, so the appraisal provision uh, states that the party must bear those costs. So you can't pay the the policyholder's appraisal fee. It, the the actual client, the actual insured, has to pay that appraiser. But as far as an engineer goes, I'm sure you could pay it. You know, I'm sure there's nothing. There's there's nothing. I'll I'll have to look into that to be certain. But there's nothing that I'm aware of in the policy that states. Uh, the contractor can't pay for uh, any any fees incurred by an engineer. Well, that's something that you know. If if we find if we discover that's the case, then you know we can always follow up with it on another episode or on our social media. Or if someone out there actually knows the answer to that, feel free to comment or uh, send us an email into Slinging Roofs uh, 101 at EliteExteriorsGA.com. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for today. Carl uh, Carlton, thanks for uh, joining me again. And uh, for those of you out there, I hope you enjoyed the information. And uh, don't forget to like us on Facebook and Instagram. Y'all have a good one.